Hello, hello. Welcome to the So Many Layers podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Schultz, and thank you for clicking the link however you got here. And I want to welcome you to what I now believe is the very first episode of this show. It is my hope that your week has gotten off to a great start and that you find some moments for yourself to just breathe. I know we're all on this January high of launching into those New Year's goals. But I want to remind you to give yourself the space to get better as the time goes by. Now, before we get into things, I want to let you know that right now, this podcast can only be found on Spotify. But I'm working my way over to Apple as soon as their internal engineering team finds out what's stopping me from creating a podcast account in the first place. But in the spirit of moving forward, you can keep up with the podcast on Instagram at so many layers pod. And you can follow me personally if you feel so inclined at the T-H-E-E Victoria Lee, L-E-I-G-H. Now, as I mentioned in the introduction episode, the thought of so many layers came from looking at the world around me and looking on Google and reading about people who do these really cool things that don't seem to connect with each other, but yet have so much impact and have afforded them the opportunity to create a full life for themselves. And that got me to wondering, how the heck did they do that? How did they find the time and the resources to do it? And were they ever afraid that people would look at them crazy if they did it? And I also wondered, how long did it take before they fully betted on themselves and decided they would dig their hands into everything they were deeply curious about? You know, now that I think about it, maybe I didn't mention this in the intro episode. But that got me on this journey to look at the people around me and start taking notice of folks who are in my orbit or who have been at some point in my life. And what I concluded is that I know some really dynamic people. And I want to know the answers to some of those same questions that I was asking about the folks I Googled. So in this first season of So Many Layers, I'll be doing just that. Talking to the people that I know and who I believe are living this life on their own terms. Doing all the things they feel called to and who have inspired me to do the same. On this episode, I'm talking with Sierra C.C. Coleman. Sierra is someone I've known since high school, and she is a philanthropist through and through. But she also co-founded a social experience for cocktail enthusiasts called Meet Me at the Bar that has taken off in New Orleans. And Sierra also used her institutional philanthropy background to launch a giving circle called Go Girl Giving that focuses on pouring financial resources into nonprofits that uplift black women and girls. Sierra is not stopping. And she is clear that her faith and desire to leave this life empty of her gifts is the driving force that keeps her going. I'm excited for y'all to hear more about Cece, her layers, and where she's ready to take it all. Let's get into it. Welcome to the So Many Layers podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you, uh, and I'm so grateful and honored that you decided to join for this very, very first episode. I know about two years ago, I shared with you that I wanted to do this podcast and that I wanted to include you in it, and so I am, I extend my deepest gratitude to you just for joining um, and just for being here, so I just want to say thank you because you know this has been like a journey for me to get to this point. 
And um, before we get started, I just want to let you know that So Many Layers is a space that I really want to celebrate and encourage people to live outside of the boxes and to celebrate Mm -hmm. those people that are doing it and to encourage people to do it more Um, Mm -hmm. and to not just live in one lane and be one thing to really operate in all of those gifts. And honestly, from my end, that's what you're doing. Like, I see it. I see it. Personally, I see it, what you share with us on social. And so I really just want you to tell me a little about your origin story and who played or what played a pivotal role into shaping who you are and how you show up in the world. Well, Victoria, before I get into a little bit about me, I have to say congratulations and express gratitude to you for trusting yourself, for jumping off the porch, as they say, and actually doing it. Um, I'm incredibly proud of you and all the things that you have accomplished. Um, so cheers to many more, many more episodes. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I I really love this question around like, who am I origin story? I am Sierra Cece Coleman. I am a Southern black girl through and through. I would probably add country, Southern country, black girl through and through. Um, born in Mississippi, raised in Alabama, and I currently live in New Orleans, Louisiana. So I'm going from one state to another. Um, I am an HBCU graduate. Uh, I am a philanthropist, social change maker, social entrepreneur, um, multi-dimensional black woman, young millennial black woman, trying to make and create space in this world, leave a legacy um, of, ge- of generosity and leave a legacy of love through what I do. Um, by day, I work in philanthropy as a program officer, uh, really focused on economic opportunity uh, for um, folks, particularly in the South. Um, I also... Uh, carry that work over in some of the things that I do in community as the founder of Go Girl Giving Collective, which is a giving circle model and collective of 22 dynamic black women right here in New Orleans or have some type of roots or connect connection to New Orleans. Um, and we act as a, um, a resource mobilizer to support black women led nonprofits that center black women and girls in the city of New Orleans. Um, additionally, um, kind of like the fun side of things, social aspect. I'm the co-founder of Meet Me at the Bar. It's a social brand that connects people over cocktails. Um, we work with uh, local, regional, global spirit brands, particularly around the multicultural market, to bring these experiences and opportunities to uh, mostly Black folks, Brown folks here in New Orleans through our activations and events. So that's a little bit about me. I love that. I love that. Yeah, girl, those are all <laughs> the things. Um, so were you always like like this, like this type of person that had these like big ideas and just wanted to see them out? Mm. Like how did you, at what point did you begin to say, you know what, I'm just going to put everything, put my mm-hmm. all into me, into the things that I enjoy. What, at what mm-hmm. point did that happen for you where you decided to? Oh, I would have to say that that, it's been an evolution, honestly. Um, I feel like I am becoming more of who God has designed me to be over the last couple of years of my life. Um, I think that, you know, 
I've always really been rooted in community, always have wanted to, you know, kind of do something around like helping people. Um, and then, you know, it was, really wasn't until like the last 10 years I started to begin to understand what that looks like um, for me and particularly this work that I do um, in philanthropy. But I don't think that I've always been like that. I mean, I've always been pretty ambitious. Um, I've always, you know, kind of been on the straight and narrow, but I feel like in, in this season of my life, I'm able to be a lot more creative. I'm able to dream a little bit more in this season, which I think is incredibly important um, as we, you know, hope to reimagine a world for us um, and reimagine a, the world that we want to currently live in. So it has been an evolution for sure, but I just think with growth, I think with exposure, um, I think with support, I've gotten to this this place of like, look, I have gifts, I have talents, I have purpose, and I have been um, more so, again, now in this season, wanting to do all the things. And I know we'll probably get to this in a little bit, but one of my biggest fears really is leaving this earth without expressing all the things that are inside of me, so... Yeah, no, that's um, that's good. I think there's this quote that floats around, you know, some of the best ideas are in the grave, you know, some mm -hmm. of the, the most brilliant innovations are in the grave mm -hmm. because people carry their gifts with them and don't really take the chances on themselves. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, so with that, just your desire to evolve and continue to operate in your gifts like you have maybe at the bar like you have your career as a as a philanthropist right and it mm -hmm. didn't start at Rockefeller it started and I, I know at Kellogg um yeah but when you transitioned to New Orleans and you decided to create like this social experience for meet me at the bar and I know you have a partner who's amazing mm -hmm. um how long did y'all kind of contemplate that idea and how long are you usually kind of contemplating these dreams that you're yeah. up for yourself yeah. and for your life and things that you want to bring out into the world before you actually jump mm -hmm. out and jump off the porch and start? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a great question. Meet Me at the Bar was a COVID project. <laughs> uh, it was one of the things that um, came about sitting at home, being sheltered in, quarantining. And I think a lot of folks were kind of just exploring different things, right, given that we had space and opportunity. And Meet Me at the Bar was one of them. I would say, like, Shantae, uh, who was my business partner and one of my best friends, um, really kind of seeded the idea and came up with the phrase. And it's something that we would actually use as a hashtag on Instagram because we were not able to connect physically at a bar or at someone's house. So we would do kind of these virtual gatherings and meetups where we'll have our wine or our cocktail or our glass of champagne. And we'll be like, girl, meet me at the bar, which was a virtual yeah. space for us. Um, and then it started catching on. Other folks started using it. And I think we ended up doing like a, a live demonstration and like all the while, you know, she's kind of thinking about how do we capitalize on this moment? I was, simultaneously bored and mixing cocktails at my house. And so like, we just 
was like, we have something here between just our, we like to say we're, you know, cocktail connoisseurs, if you will. Um, and like between like our love for just going places, exploring places here in New Orleans, exploring places while we're on the road, road for work in terms of like menus and ingredients and aesthetic of cocktails. We wanted to be able to bring that same thing home, right? Like what does it look like in this, particular moment during COVID, during the pandemic, to have the same quality sidecar that I get at Cure, right, which is a local bar here in New Orleans, at home. And so, you know, it was really just through the experimentation um, and then the desire just to want to be able to have that connection with people that meet me at the bar was birthed. So it was really sporadic. (laughs) That one, we didn't bake too long. For Go Girl Giving, it was a seed that was planted two years prior to me actually announcing it. Um, I had been a part of a giving circle locally in New Orleans. Um, and, if, and I also, you know, just my own philanthropic experience through my profession, wanted to see and do something different. And, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, I'm going to do consulting and I'm going to do this. I had it all like step by step. And I was like, this, the giving circle is phase three. (laughs) And phase three was like five years down the line in my head. And so, you know, fast forward, that that was when the the seed was planted around 2018 or so. Fast forward, I was in a fellowship program and one of my fellows um, had a similar model and he had built a nonprofit out of Baltimore called Collectively. And it was like this collective movement of giving, of generosity, of, you know, supporting the community. And we just had this conversation. I was like, oh, my gosh, I have been wanting to do something like this. And, you know, after we got off the phone, I just said, you know what, I'm going to do it. It doesn't have to be perfect. I don't know what it will evolve to. Um, but I feel like this is the moment and this is the time. And so after that conversation, which was in 20. 20, if I'm not mistaken, 2021, sorry, 2021, uh, I launched Go Girl Giving, and I asked nine of my friends, I was like, hey, I got this crazy idea, I've been hearing about this giving circle movement, we just put some money in a pot, right, and then we get to regrant it to nonprofits, but I really want us to center black women and girls, because philanthropic dollars are not flowing to the South, they particularly aren't flowing to um, black women and girls, and so, like, we can fill a gap, right, I think some of the most successful people are those folks who see the need and they fill the gap. And I wanted to be able to do that, but I didn't want, I didn't want to do it by myself. Like I wanted to do it with my friends and with my community. Um, that was a really important kind of bedrock of like developing this, this collective. And all of my friends said, yes. And that's how go girl given was born. And now we are almost to the beginning of year four, um, March, 2024 will be year four. Wow. And we've had some really great success thus far. I love that. I love that. And I, and I love how like your friends jumped on mm-hmm. and your community was like, yes, let's do it. Um, yeah. Because that's so important because we, we live in our heads so much and we, especially for people who have big dreams and it's like, when you tell people you can get nervous because you, mm-hmm. you don't know how they, how they'll receive it. And right. you know, for your people to say, you know what, let's do it. I'm, I'm with you. I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be impactful because I know you and I trust this. So let's, let's just do it. And so I love that. What has been some of the most impactful work with go girl that you've mm-hmm. done, you know, since, since its inception, like how have you seen it evolve? 
Yeah, so, I mean, we exist to, for multiple reasons. One, to kind of shift this narrative around who is considered and what is considered philanthropy. Mm-hmm. I think when most folks think about philanthropy, they're thinking of Oprah's, Bill and Melinda Gates, Mackenzie Scott, you know, these very rich, wealthy folks who are writing six, seven-figure checks, right? But the Greek, the you know, the root, the Greek root word of philanthropy, uh, or that translation is love of humanity. And so there isn't, mm -hmm. so that, that doesn't mean that you just have to write large checks, right? That's giving back via your time. And that is, you know, tending to your neighbor, like whatever the case may be. And so I wanted to make sure that, because I know black women and I know myself, and I knew, I knew what I was doing, just my personal giving, how I was showing up for other organizations, whatever the case may be. I knew other black women who were doing this exact same thing. The difference was I worked in institutional philanthropy, so I was in rooms and spaces that my entrepreneurial friends, you know, were not in. And so I think that there's often this disconnect in philanthropy around, like, who gets to be one, right? And I wanted all the amazing black women that I knew to be proud to call themselves philanthropists. So that's one of the reasons we exist is to really shift this narrative. The other reason is we're, you know, we're building, we're the next generation of philanthropists, of givers. Um, But we also exist going back to this notion around the gap um, to really resource these organizations, uh, particularly here in, in New Orleans. Um, And so we're building community via Go Girl Giving. We are not, just a community within ourselves as members, but community within the nonprofits um, that we're able to support. So to date, we've distributed over $50,000, over $55,000 to um, over 30 organizations here in New Orleans. A lot of them are super small, micro grassroots organizations. Some are a little bit more, you know, healthy in terms of their organizational structure, larger organizations. But our sweet spot is really helping to um, give a little bit of resources to expand the program or buy supplies or whatever the case may be for for the smaller um, organizations. And so I think that to me is a huge impact. That's fifty thousand dollars that was not circulating right. once before in this right. ecosystem that we've been able to infuse. Right, like we know the infusion of capital. Um, can can really fund the dream or not, right? Or the lack thereof, or not, right? So right. that's probably one of the things I am I'm most proud of, um, along with just growing us to twenty two women. So going from ten year one, I'm telling you my next question. Just is it still nine or has it grown? Mm-hmm. But you twenty two women, yeah, I love it. Twenty-two women. Mm-hmm. That's amazing, CC. And so, just with everything that you're doing, with you working in institutional philanthropy, with you mm-hmm. having your own giving circle, with you having the social, um, the social aspect organization with Mimi at the bar, what's a common thread that ties all of these mm-hmm. things together and ties mm-hmm. kind of these layers um, together for you? The common thread for me is connection and relationships. And if you think about all the things that happen over a cocktail, over a drink, over juice, whatever your, you know, pick your poison, whatever, right? 
um, when you're out with friends, you, you're talking about relationships, you're celebrating, you are, you know, getting advice. So a lot happens over the cocktail, but it's really, the cocktail is the conduit. What we're really doing is connecting, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's the same thing for Go Girl Giving. Like, the giving is the vehicle in which we're doing this, but it's really about, again, going back to, like, this notion of community, building community amongst members and within the Black women and girls ecosystem here in, in the city. So I think it's connections and relationships are the two things that anchor both Meet Me at the Bar and Go Girl Giving, and then even the work that I'm doing, you know, as a professional. I love that. I really, really love that connection relationship. I, I'm really big on quotes, and so... I I hold on to this quote very that life is all about relationships and everything else is kind of like the minor details around mm -hmm. it um, because mm -hmm. we need each other in all ways to, to, to support, to be a shoulder to cry on, to have as a friend um, because mm -hmm. we as humans were not meant to do this life alone. So I love I that agree. like that is your common, your mm -hmm. common thread um, between, between these layers. Yes. Um, I just want to kind of just kind of take a step back because you see you do, this is a lot like <laughs> and I know it takes like a lot of energy out of you and like a lot yeah. of effort and intention and thought behind it mm -hmm. how do you keep going like how do you stay driven <laughs> like because <laughs> I know you're making these graphics like I know you're doing you know the creative <laughs> side as well as the business side of it mm -hmm. like how, what's what's your what's your driving force Victoria, I'm still trying to figure it out. I, sometimes I have moments where I take a step back myself and I'm like, I don't know how I'm doing this. I really don't. Like between work travel, uh, you know, have um, connect with friends, like doing all the things that, you know, we do in this life. <laughs> it's It amazes me sometimes too. I'm not even going to lie. Um, but I think what is unique about me um in this situation is that I'm a giver uh I am very generous and so oftentimes for a lot of other folks as givers like it it depletes them it actually fills my cup back to a degree right because it is connected to my purpose it is connected to like what, what I think I'm here to do on this earth. And so that is fulfilling in a way. I think how I supplement it, though, is via rest. Um, uh, like I said, I'm on the road a lot. So just like being home, lighting my candles, setting the mood, um, cooking. I know that feels like labor, but cooking for me gives me a lot of joy. Uh, what really, really replenishes me, and I tend to... Um, I don't, oh, I try not to take this for granted, but it's going home to visit my mom and her, like being home. It's just something about being home. I sleep the best when I'm there. Um, I eat well, I'm just rested. And I just feel like I can shed a lot of things like when I'm at home at my mom's house. So, you know, family time, of course, is one of the um, ways that I help, you know, that helps me to fill my cup, but it is something that I'm trying to balance because, you know, I'm trying to master continuously giving from my overflow and not giving from a deficit, right? Because mm -hmm. as a giver, as a generous person, you tend to just, like, not take stock or inventory of, like, where you truly are because you're just giving, giving. It's so natural, and it's something right. I want to do, but I have to realize that there are moments where I have to pause, and I'm like, 
okay, like I've been on the road a lot. I've been doing a lot. Like people have been, I've been given a lot of energy, right? It's time for me to, to really replenish and, and refill my cup too. So I think that comes with boundaries. I think it comes with learning yourself. Um, and just, yeah, just kind of, I'm just navigating. I'm taking a day by day girl. I don't have it figured out. I don't know. <laughs> None of us do, but you are uh, balancing or managing however however you approach it. Like I, I think you are from the outside looking in. You're doing a really good job, um, and and I really do want you to continue getting your rest, um, but because yeah. I know, because I think I saw you in Kenya, and then you flew back from Kenya and went to Martha's Vineyard, and I'm like, wait a minute, now this is right. too many time zones. Then she has to come back <laughs> and come back to New Orleans, like. Oh my yeah. gosh. And I will say I was sick as a dog when I got back. Like just mm-hmm. physically exhausted. I caught COVID right after that. Like my and my body is of course your first indicator. It tells me every single time when I need to sit down. And mm-hmm. sometimes I try not to listen. I'm like, no, I can squeeze in one more one more work trip, right? I'll do this one more event and like my body's like, no. So I'm getting better at like listening to the physical um, signals that my body gives me when it's time yeah. to sit down. Yeah. 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 No, the body keeps a score and like the body will tell you like exactly mm-hmm. what you need to hear, whether you choose to listen or not. The body also That's- will tell us, you know, it's the first indicator of like fear and like anxiety mm-hmm. and doubt mm-hmm. within ourselves mm-hmm. and like, um, and like gives us that intuition. So like when, when those feelings start to come up for you, mm. because they happen, right? Like yeah. you feel the fear, you can do, you can either do it or you don't do it anyway. Um, and so how do you, when it, when it kind of comes to start creeping up and you feeling that with all the things that you have done and then the mm-hmm. things that you continue to dream about, how do you approach it when it starts to creep up? I mean, I think I anchor myself in prayer for one, right? And go back to scriptures, you know, just around like not having anxiety, you know, fear is not of God. Like really going back to the root and the foundation, that helps me um, a lot. Like I have a very active and healthy relationship with my therapist. (laughs) And so sometimes just like talking it out and, you know, just being able to to name the fear, name the thing, mm-hmm. um, I think it's also, like, really, really helpful for me. But, you know, I think sometimes the default is to say, well, this is what the wor- this is the worst that could happen. And I try to flip that on its head and say, well, what's the best that could happen, right? Because sometimes, like, I-, I think a lot of times the fear is just what we create, this narrative and stories that we create in our head about what we think will happen, um, and, and I will also say this to my mom, all my mom says this a lot and I just, I love it. I think she's so wise for, um, saying this particular thing, but she always tells me God sees around the corner. You can't, no one else can, my therapist can't, my friends can't, no one else can see around the corner. He knows what's coming. And so sometimes when I'm fearful or I have anxiety or, I'm nervous, whatever the case may be. Like I remind myself, God sees around the corner. Like it's it's gonna be great around the corner. Or if I have to slow down and pause, it's because I'm getting protected for whatever else is coming around the corner, right? Um, so yeah, I think just really rooting myself in my faith um, and going back to that foundation gets me gets me through it every time. Cece, I'm I'm gonna have to hold on to that one. Like that, God <laughs> sees around the corner. 
Mm-hmm. That's one. Mm-hmm. I I take quotes and ideas and things that I see and kind of like hold on to them for my entire life, and that's mm-hmm. one that I'm holding on to. Yeah, that's a, it's good, a good one to one. add. Whew. Yeah, that's good. Come on, talk about it, <laughs> man. Because like we really stop like ourselves as if we don't have a a greater force controlling our lives like I believe in God just as you know I'm a follower of Christ and to be reminded to remind yourself or to be reminded that God literally can't see like the entire picture like looking Mm -hmm. down like and see the entire thing and how it plays out is yeah Mm -hmm. that's that's good that's that's really good. Shout out to Cree Cree. <laughs> <laughs> this season of your life just seems so like mm. it seems like it's like a you season. Like you're thriving, you're in it. Like it's colorful, it is full with so many things. If you could title it like Ooh, as if yes. you want a show, like your yes. episode of your own show, like how would you title this season of your life? Oh, that's that's a great question. So my so on my birthday, I always kind of give myself uh, a title or you know something that will guide me throughout the year. The last two years were my abundance season. I felt like I was just in. I'm, I mean, I'm still I'm still claiming it. I'm no, I don't think I'm gonna ever let abundance go. But the last two years, I just feel like. God has been blessing me, girl. It's been raining, raining down opportunities, um, open doors, closed doors that then turned into open doors, right? Um, even just like resources, it has just been a season of abundance. And like going back to my fear, right, of like not wanting to leave this earth without doing all that God has called me to do. Another fear is fumbling the bag. Like, I'm, I'm like, no, I can't fumble this. I cannot fumble what, what is happening in my life right now. Um, but, so, this, my birthday, I spent it in Nairobi, Kenya. Turned 34, August 11th. And I deem that this next year will be my season of all. I want to be, I want my life to represent wonder and amazement. I want to be left in awe. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh. And all also comes with a little bit of fear. It's like the the balance of fear and wonder and amazement. And I just kind of feel like that's what's necessary for this next season of my life. I think that there are going to be things I'm going to do. I'm going to wake up and be like, oh my God, I can't. Like, I'm scared. Like, ain't, there's no way. Yeah. And I, I, but I want that and I welcome that. Yeah. Um, because I know on the other side of it is that's where greatness is. And that's where I want to be. Around so that corner. it's my exactly. So it's my season of awe, girl. I want to just be left in awe, like wow, dang. My mouth just always just like exactly, <laughs> <laughs> like wow. There's no way, no way. This is my life. What is life? <laughs> yeah, right. No yeah. way. I could. I mean, ancestors' wildest dreams. Yeah, <laughs> living it. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I, yeah, I love that. And I know that's just going to keep happening for you. Oh my gosh, that is, I love it. Thank you. (sighs) And I think what's Um, cool about it too, I'll say this, is like, I don't want to just live it. I don't want it just for me. Like I want everybody around me to experience it, right? I want to 
I want my friends to feel it too. I, I want that to be representative of like how I show up in the workplace. Like I want some, I want somebody to see me from afar and be like, God doing something over there. Like she is, there's something happening, right? She's like radiating. that's the type of aura yeah. and spirit that I want to have with me. And I don't want to just keep it for myself. Right. I want to be able to experience that with other folks too. That is beautiful. And you share like a lot of that type of energy on the internet, right? Like on social, which is kind of how we connect with the world, the the greater world these days. Um, mm-hmm. And I know you consume like a lot of content. Like I know, like I know I've seen you share yeah. on LinkedIn. I know you, you share like articles on Instagram. Um, what was like, the last piece of content that you can recall that you can consume that like really spoke to you and like what did you what did you pull from it that Mm -hmm. is helping you as you continue to like live live in these layers live in this light live in this um preparation for awe um how you know what Mm -hmm. what was that two things come to mind one I saw today one was a podcast I listened to like um, a week or two ago. The post that I saw today was be welcoming. I'm summarizing. Be welcoming of criticism and compliments. Flowers need both sun and rain to bloom. Mm -hmm. And I think as I level up and I prepare for all and I prepare, continue to prepare for abundance and receive abundance, I know that like there will be, be difficulty on the path and so you know to me the criticism I kind of take that as like difficulty it it could be could actually be criticism whatever the case may be right I know it it won't be like a perfect smooth path I don't know maybe it will I won't be mad at that either um but I really appreciate it like being the quote making me reflect on like being rooted and being open to not just the praise right but the criticism too because that makes you better so that was one that i that really resonated with me and then the other one one of my favorite people i don't really it's only like a handful of people that i influencers i say that i like really kind of girl crush over and one of them is malik the founder of curlbox i love her i think she's absolutely brilliant i love her mind i love everything that she has to say she's just so She's intentional, very, very much intentional. So one of her podcast episodes, this is actually about a relationship. Somebody had wrote in a letter and, you know, she was talking about back in the day or some years ago before her current relationship, how she felt like she was always um, choosing unavailable men, like men who were either emotionally unavailable or, you know, kind of, oh, you know, things aren't working out at home, whatever the case may be, just unavailable, not ready to be in a relationship or not, yeah, uh, available to be in a relationship. And she said that she reflected on that and was reminded, like, she has choice. She makes those choices. These are choices that you get to make. And just as you're making choices to be in those type of situations, you can make choices to not be. And I thought that was powerful just beyond relationships, but really thinking about the choices that I'm making in life and how critical they are like that just really, really like set with me. And I have been thinking about it ever since. Like, I think there's power in knowing that you have agency 
And also like power and knowing like, huh, maybe, maybe it is me. Like I'm, I'm choosing to put myself in certain situations, whatever they may be. But just as you can choose to put yourself in something, you can choose to not to. So, um, really, really reflecting on that, that wisdom that she shared on the podcast. That's really good. I'm a big fan of Molly too. Um, yeah, she's great. And her wisdom is always like right on point mm-hmm. uh, every time. Just to kind of like wrap up, uh, because first off, I can't believe we're almost 30 minutes in. Like this is just all, <laughs> all day. All day. Yeah. All day. Just about just growth, evolution, mm-hmm. blooming. I mean, I mean, it's just so many mm-hmm. layers and like gems and just kind of what you said. Um, and just so many opportunities to kind of like reflect on a lot of that as we all like, as I know mm-hmm. when I go back and listen to this, I'm going to be, yeah, this is, this is really good to just like hold on to and just like reflect on as we're moving through our day to day. Um, because sometimes like we think about like our dreams as like these big, things right like some days we just want to just like make it and just yeah. not be tired like just make it be. to the gym you know yeah yeah <laughs> I just want to I just want to make it to the gym today right because, right yeah and so just kind of holding on to some of these gym these gyms will be something that I'll be reflecting on and really appreciate from this conversation and so like to, to wrap it up like again with all that you do with all that you dream with all that you are mm-hmm. Um, and you put, and you are choosing to be, and you are moving forward into like becoming, what are your moonshots? Um, I don't know if you mm-hmm. ever heard about a moonshot. Yeah. I'm sure you have. It's, I know it's a concept that was like, well, I heard it, the idea on a podcast, uh, the audacity podcast with, uh, Belisha Butterfield. She talked about her moonshots. It was just really good. And, mm-hmm. um, but what are your moonshots right now today mm-hmm. for like, yeah, at the bar, go girl, given your career and life as a philanthropist mm-hmm. and just beyond. Yeah, I think one of my moonshots for Go Girl Giving Collective is to become a multi-million dollar fund and hub for all things Black women and girls in the South. Um, we are hopefully embarking next year. We're going to be doing like a little research and a landscape analysis. And so I really want to build out this model in a way that can really like women from across the South can like come to the website, they know, or, or whatever it will look like. Um, it can get resources, um, they can get funding. Like, I really would love for us to go beyond just supporting nonprofits. I just want to fund black women and girls' ideas, whatever that may be. Whether you want to start a business, whether you want to just try something else out, I, whatever the case may be, I want to grow Go Girl Giving Collective to be this hub and really a, a resource financially and through other resources where black women can go, they can feel safe, they can feel connected and get what they need to thrive. I think to your point, you said this earlier, like a lot of things, a lot of ideas and greatness, it's varied, right? I want to make sure everyone has um, opportunity, the resources to just like do the things that are held deep within them. Um, I think money a lot of times stops us from pursuing our dreams. Like I don't want that to ever be a barrier. Um, so that is one of my big moonshots is to just become this multi-million dollar fund where we, no strings attached, are able to yeah. invest in black women and girls. The ideas, the joy, 
the brilliance, whatever it is that you want to do, you know you have a place, a soft place to land. I want to be able to be that. That I want Go Girl Giving to be able to be that soft place for Black women and girls. Um, meet me at the bar. Uh, I would love for us to have a product, whether like a spirit. Um, I think that that is something uh, on the horizon that we that we hope to accomplish sooner than later. Um, we'll continue to grow the brand um, to hopefully one day a multi million dollar a brand, right? Like just doing these really cool experiences and really elevating and um, helping brands to spirit brands, particularly not to not to take for granted the power of like the black dollar and how we consume spirits. You know what I mean? And so I think there's a lot for us to do in that space, but definitely getting something on the shelves is a moonshot for us and something I hope we can accomplish in the next couple of years. Your career, do you want to stay in? Um, I think I'm in a pivotal point where I am needing to kind of reflect, especially being 10 plus years in the field. Um, You know, 10 years, I think I'm going on year 12, actually. Uh, It's a long time. And I want to make sure that I am creating space for the next generation it doesn't have to be me, right? I don't, I don't have to be the person, um, but hopefully like I've paved the way and hopefully I'm leaving doors open. But I mean, I think my personal moonshot is I would love to do go girl full time. Like that be my job and that be my legacy. Um, and so we'll speak that into existence, but I love my career. I love being able to, um, be able to do both things, work in institutions, move resources, influence that way, but also have the autonomy to do what, how I want to do it, how we want to do it in community, right? And so I do think um, I, I have the privilege of being able to be on both sides of, of the table in regards to that. But great things are happening either way in all aspects of life. <laughs> they are. They are. I thank you so, so, so much, Cece, Any- for just sharing underscore collective and meet me at the bar at underscore meet me at the bar this will not be the last that we hear of cc and i am excited to see her rise to the top hope y'all come back for next week's episode until then we'll talk soon